0: Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Genesis chapter 1. This is just an introduction of a a series we're calling Speak to the Void. Speak to the Void. And uh, Webster's defines a, a void as a completely empty space. An empty space in your life. We've all had voids in our life. It could be a void financially. You may need a miracle. It might be a void in in your family. There might be somebody away from the Lord, right? It could be a void. uh, You might need a healing in your body. There might be a void there, but a complete empty space. And this is about speaking to the void. And again, this is just an introduction. And then next week, we'll kick off the series and all that. I'm really excited about that. By the way, there's the book. You can get it called Speak to the Void by Bishop Rick Thomas. How many of you remember Rick Thomas was here? Dear friend of the house, Uh, Got a great ministry internationally, uh, has worked on boards with uh, the late Oral Roberts, Dr. David Young E. Cho, uh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, so many like that. And uh, a great, great friend of ours and has been a great blessing to us. I love to visit Bishop Thomas. Anytime is a good time, but he's in South Florida, in Margate, Florida. It's really nice in February. I may understand what I mean there. Praise God, I can feel the anointing when I even mention it, you know. Uh, I'd like to start with something funny. I read this funny, I heard this funny story about this lady. She was a born-again Christian, she was on a plane, and uh, she's reading her Bible and she's sitting next to a man who's an atheist. And this atheist guy was very, being very sarcastic, you know, and he's like, a Bible, <laughs> like that. And he was just really bothered. How many know the anointing provokes a response? You understand that, right? You don't even have to say a word, and there's a, re- a reaction or a response that comes from people. And so this atheist was getting a little bit perturbed with her, and she wasn't saying anything. She was just quietly reading her, her Bible en uh, route uh, on this uh, aircraft, and, and he finally said, the Bible, huh? And she said, mm-hmm. And uh, she's, he said, you don't, you, you, don't, you don't really believe all that, do you? And uh, she said, well, yeah, of course I do. Oh, yeah, well, what about the, the whole Jonah and the whale thing? And uh, she says, what about it? He says, come on, give me a break. You don't really believe that Jonah was inside the belly of a whale for how many ever days it was. And he lived to tell about it. And she said, yeah, I absolutely believe that. And, uh, you know, and, and he said, I, you know, you Christians, I, I just can't believe you believe the Bible like that. And, and, and she says, uh, he says, uh, she says, I'll tell you what, when I get to heaven, uh, I'll ask him. And he said, OK. And then she said to him, she, he said, what if he what if the guy said, what if Jonah's is not in heaven? And the lady looked at him and said, then you can ask him. Praise God. Some of you will get it later. You'll get it later. Some of you remind me of myself in the first service. My son opened up with a joke. My youngest son, Kyle, did a great job. He opened up with a joke and everybody laughed and I leaned over my wife and said, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> Heaven or hell, heaven's gates or hell's flames. Where will you spend eternity? This is the mission, right, of the church. Genesis chapter 1. Speak to the void. Again, a void is a completely empty space. It's a place that is in desperate need of God's grace. Do you have anywhere like that in your life? Speaking to the void. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters." So the spirit of God was always moving. It didn't just happen in the book of Acts, but even before God laid the foundations of the earth, right? And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and morning were the first day. Proverbs 32, you don't have to turn there. I think they'll put it up on the screen, but it says, if thou hast from the King James, is that, thou hast foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought thought evil, lay thy hand upon thy, say it with me, my, upon my mouth. So if you say something, God's saying that you, sometimes you have to say something, you have to cover your own mouth. Have you had to ever eat your own words before? Okay, I'm going somewhere, so stick with me here. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible said there was great darkness and a void. The earth was without form or void, but the Spirit of God was hovering upon the earth until God spoke it into existence. Are you seeing where I'm going here today? And so I want to give you my first point this morning, just three of them. What you think on continuously, you'll become. Notice that if you read further, like chapter 3, 4, you'll see that you know, God created the heavens and the earth. We know that. God created all the animals. Uh, God created man, right, out of the dust of the earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And then he said it's not good for a man to What? Be alone, thank God. Although there's times we wish we were alone. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just teasing some of you, some of you folks here. Need look. You need to smile a little bit more than what you are right now. Yeah. So it's not good for a man to be alone. So he put Adam into a deep sleep, and he took a rib out of Adam, and he formed Eve. Right. And so he blessed the garden. He blessed them. He breathed his breath, pneuma, the breath of God into these human beings. Now, the first two on planet Earth, we can all literally trace our roots, all humanity back to Adam and Eve. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth, over the fowl in the air. That's good news for us hunters, right? Over the beast in in the... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Some of the animal rights activists don't like that, but we have to eat, okay? Um, And so uh, (laughs) over the beast of the field. And he said, you have rule and reign. How many know it was a utopia? It was a place of utter perfection. Can you say amen? And uh, no sin, no sickness, perfect climate. Perfect, perfect ecosystem. Everything was absolutely perfect. It was like heaven on earth. And God said, "There's only one rule, Adam and Eve. There's only one rule: Do not touch the tree. That is of knowledge, right? And yet, after that, and they were doing well, everything was fine. They were enjoying each other, enjoying life, no stress, no burdens, no cares. Every day was a Friday until the serpent comes slithering in. And he tempted Eve. And it's interesting to me, it's interesting to me that the first thing he went after was the thoughts of Eve. Stay with me. The thoughts of Eve. So, what you think on continuously, put it back on the screen if you got it, is exactly what you'll become. The Bible has a lot to say about our mind, the human mind. Kyle talked about in the early service that the strongest uh, created being on earth is not actually the human, but what was the name of that beetle? Dung beetle. beetle. Not the beetles, the group, not Ringo, John, Paul, but it was the dung beetle. By size, it can pull, if I'm reading that right, it was like six double-decker buses filled with people. It would be like one human that could pull by their sheer power Six double-decker buses filled with human beings, that's the strength of the dung beetle. And then he said that the the strongest animal was actually, uh, actually the elephant was very strong, right? And then the cheetah was fast, could outrun any human. A human, the fastest human, could only run about 20 miles an hour. So, but think about that. But actually the strength that we have is right here. Can you say amen? The Bible said we have the mind of Christ. But how many know it's up to you and I, loved ones, to use it? And so I want to talk to you today about the power of thoughts and of our words. Speaking to the void. Before we can speak to the void, we've, we've, the void we have to get our thoughts in order, right? Let me say this to somebody here today. You've got to evaluate your thoughts. How has your thought life been? How many know you have to steward your thought life, right? It's all stewardship. So if you don't steward your health, how many know your health could go into a downward spiral? It's okay to eat ice cream once in a while, okay? It's okay to go through Burger King drive through once in a while. But if you live in Burger King, okay, and you live in Dairy Queen, how many know you're going to have uh, an expanding ministry, Okay. <laughs> Uh, It's it's not healthy, love. It's not healthy. Right. We talked a lot about health over the weekend and the leadership summit. But think about this now with me. God wants us to steward not only our bodies, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. It's our job to take care of these bodies. How many know he wants us to steward our families? Right. The man's the priest of the household, the Bible said. He wants us to steward everything we have. He wants us to steward our house, our physical property, meaning we have to cut the grass and run the weed whacker. By the way, if you, when you get to heaven, you, if, if you're upset about having to work, you can blame that on Adam. because he said, "Cursed you'll be to work the ground, right? The f- field of thorns and thistles. So think about this. We steward these things. We steward our health, we steward our family, we steward our homes, we steward our job, we steward our business, we steward our finances, right? If you don't steward your finances well, right? I mean, think about the alternative, okay? So we have to steward, but watch this. Did you know you have to steward the, your thought life also? Yeah. Steward is, is an old uh, English word. It just means manage. So you've got to, watch, manage what it is that you're allowing in here. Did I go too deep? So watch this. Every, there are things constantly vying, vying with the, with, for your thoughts. Vying over you for your thoughts—thoughts thoughts of good and thoughts of evil, thoughts of spirit and thoughts of flesh. Let me say it like this: the Bible says that the spirit and the flesh wage war against one another. Make sense? Uh, that the flesh and the spirit are in opposition, like a tug of war. I, I'm sure we talked about this before, but the we have we're, we're body, soul, and spirit. Okay. So we have the spirit, we could say like this on this side, we could have the the flesh on this side. But watch this now, the mind, the will, the intellect, and the emotions, which is the decision maker, makes a decision consciously or subconsciously, not year by year, month by month, week by week, but how many know it's moment by moment? What are we going to do? How are we going to respond to somebody? When, when we're treated unfairly. So it all starts with the thought. So I'm going to talk to you about speaking to the void, but I, we need to establish this first. Is this okay this morning? You need to really, really, and I need to really, I'm preaching to myself up here, steward what it is we're thinking of. In the revival in the 90s, in the Brownsville revival... Brother Steve, Sister Bonnie, I'll never forget Steve Hill, who is an incredible evangelist who went home to be with Jesus just a few years ago. One of the giants of the faith. He used to give these altar calls. I mean, they want a million souls to Christ by first-time decision card alone. He used to say, listen to this regarding the mind. If they were to put your, the thoughts that you've thought in your mind the last 24 hours on those video screens for the world to see, would you praise God or would you lay on your face prostrate and, and in repentance? How's your thought life? We have the mind of Christ and thoughts will take us to where we want to go. Amen. So I'm trying to establish that with you today. The mind, the Bible has a lot to say about the mind. It says, and there's so much here. I'm just going to give you a few of them. Jesus talked about the words that come out of our heart. First Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. Jabez, in First Chronicles 4, said it like this. His problem wasn't money, his thoughts. He said, "Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory." You're positioning with God, your thoughts I know this is a little deep for some people, but it's OK Your thought life is literally the most important thing, because it all starts right here. Where are you going? What are you doing? What's your plan? What's your vision for, your, for yourself, for your health, for your finances, for your marriage, for your kids? What is it? What's that look like? You know, have you written it down? I mean, have you, have you took that like Habakkuk said, see the vision. We see it, but then we've got to write it down. We've got to take some action to this thing, some responsibility, right? And so it's easy to blame. It's easy to, to kick back when you're kicked But as Brother Comenzo said it on Friday night, it was just awesome. He said, the hard part is, and none of us are really that good at this, but before we look outwardly at the speck in our brother's eyes, we've got to see the plank in our own eyeball. Does that make sense? The man in the mirror, right? We've got to look introspectively at ourselves. Where are we at? And again, the thoughts. What are we thinking? Our thoughts, the decision maker has led us to this point today. Everything that's seen in the seen realm was once an idea, the power of the imagination, right, in somebody's mind, right? Uh, long before uh, you know uh, you were able to fly in an aircraft, the Wright brothers on Kitty Hawk had an idea, right? They wrote it down. They thought of a creative way. That man wouldn't have to drive in a horse and buggy, but could actually fly like a bird. And they did. Um, The vehicle you drove in here this morning was an idea, a concept in somebody's mind long before it ever was on paper. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And came into engineered stamp prints drawings. This building you're sitting in. I remember being in one of the meetings very early on, early 2000s. And they said, what would you like... It wasn't just me. It was a whole gang of us, board and leaders. What are your needs like in this community in Lackawanna County? Right. What do you need? And I said, can I say something? And they looked at me and this is with, you know, engineers and uh, architectural design people. And they said, yes, I said, we need a big altar area because in our church we had a wee bitty tiny altar. Like if and people would kneel down on this side and people would kneel down on this side because we had these old pews. How many of you remember them, right? And when you walk by on a Sunday night, it'd be like tiptoe through the tulips. You don't want to step on anybody's calf muscle. Okay, that's how tight it was. So I'm trying to say to you that one of the things we needed in addition to parking and a bigger auditorium was we needed a large altar space because our vision was that we would give altar calls like we did in the old place and there would actually be room in this one. And thank God we've had many services. We've had uh, over a million people come through these doors since 2008. If you do the math, all glory to God. Yes. Can you, someone say praise God this morning? Amen. Amen. But I, I'm trying to help you understand that it all starts with a thought. It all starts with a thought. Amen. The home you live in was, was a, a, a thought. So I remember them like literally scratching it out like on, a, on, a, on, a, on the back of a napkin, what we need, what this should look like. It's a thought. Your iPhone or your Samsung, whatever kind of smartphone you have, was an idea in somebody's mind. Probably Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, one of those people that were creative genius that saw things not as they were, but as they could be. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You are the sum total of the five people that you're closest with, but also the decisions that you've made to be where you're at today. I'm preaching better than you're saying. Amen. So like, uh, let me say this. People are not poor because they don't have a job and there's no money. It really has everything to do with a mindset. Amen. By the way, you'll never get financially independent by thinking the government needs to pay for everything for you. Yeah. Amen. This is okay this morning. We're less than 40 days away. And so, you know, it's not a political statement, but, you know. The mind is extremely powerful. So, I, you know, I'm going to move to speaking, but I just feel like I still need to bring some people with us to help us understand that, it's our, that life is about decisions and that our decisions determine our destiny. Yes. Don't get mad at me. I've had more people get mad at me or even jealous in ministry of all things because we have a large ministry. Look, it's by choice. You can have as much of God as you want. Can you say amen? It's really that we're not waiting on God, that He's waiting on us to make decisions based on our future. What are you going to do with this thing called life? You're the steward of it. You're the CEO of your own life. It's nobody's fault whatsoever. You're, again, directly where you're at today because of choices that you've made by stewarding your thoughts. And so our thoughts, our thoughts, everybody look at your neighbor and say, my thought life is my responsibility. And so the Bible said that God looked at the earth and he saw that it was there was deep darkness. It was without form or void. And then he spoke and said, let there be light. And he separated the darkness from the light. Amen. Amen. And so thoughts. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right. So as you think in your heart, so you is the way that you will go. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself, not as you are today, but five years from now? Ten years from now, where are you at? And how many know that uh, John 6, 63, put it up if you got it. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Where do you see yourself? Many times I find people, when they're honest with no filter, will just say, I don't know. I just hope I don't wind up in one of those homes. <sighs> Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Oh, my gosh, I went to visit so-and-so. I hope, pray that God I don't wind up. I'm like, no, Jesus, I don't want somebody taking care of me. Well, see, what you're obviously thinking that way. Let me, let me say this like this. <laughs> How could Eve had avoided saying yes to the serpent and biting that apple and convincing her husband, Adam, to do it. And that, you know this, the minute that they broke the skin on that apple and that juice shot up in their mouths, they realized they were completely naked. And then they hid from God and God came down, you know, in your Bible, came down the cool of the evening and said, Adam, wherefore art, where art thou? How I many know they weren't hiding from God? He saw every last bit of it. But what we think about is what we become. Can you say amen? Amen. It's easy to blame somebody else. It's easy to blame the president or, or the president or whoever, the government, your parents, your, your wherever you're at of the socio-economical ladder. Uh, it's easy to blame your upbringing, but with God, there's no excuses. Right. Amen. So as a man thinks in his heart, he is out of the. Abundance. Jesus said, "Watch out of the." We're going to speak now. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. John six sixty three. So what's really in front of you is what you're going to start speaking about. And when people say that, they start to say that. Actually, what it does is that it means that you can have what you say. Is this okay? Speaking to the void. We've got to speak to the void in our life. It's not, it's not a camp meeting type message. You probably want to hear a lot of amen, hallelujah, stand on your feet clapping and shouting. But it's actually very healthy for you what I'm teaching right now. Because it's not my words, it's the words of Jesus. Amen? Jesus said, I'm sorry, John six sixty three. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. 95% of the ministry of Christ was by speaking words. Amen? All right, let's go to Philippians 4, 8. This is all about managing your mind today. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren. Paul writing this from jail, by the way. And we, uh, we dissected a little bit the other night. If you were in the, the Friday night meeting with Brother Comenzo. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Now, this is Paul. Let me just set this up. He's in a Philippian jail writing this. And the whole theme of the book of Philippians is uh, rejoice. It basically, it could be subtitled strategies for victorious Christian living while in prison, chained to a guard. What a perspective, right? I mean, know he was stewarding his mind the right way. Can you say Amen. (laughs) he says, finally, brethren, closing out the letter to the church of Philippi, who is a sweetheart church, by the way, not one thing did he have to say to correct them like the other churches in in the New Testament, but he was encouraging them. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever. So what are we supposed to think on? Here it is lined out right in front of us. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, right? Not unlovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report. Everybody say good good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Hebrews 2.14, For as much as the children are partakers of the flesh and of blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Speaking of Jesus, that through the death he might destroy him and had past tense. Him who had power. Past tense. How many know Satan has no power over us? I'm preaching better than you're saying Amen. Satan has no power over us. Come on, church. That's a good place to give God some praise. And deliver them... Who through fear of death were all their life their lifetime subject to bondage. So, Satan has no power over us the minute that Jesus said it is finished, tetelestai on the cross, he went into The depths of hell took the keys of death, hell on the grave. He took, reopened up the door of the bosom of Abraham and led everybody straight to heaven. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. If you don't know it, watch the tape on there. It'll bless you. I'm sure it'll help you understand where you're going after you draw in your last breath here. But when he got there, he said, he came back and said, all authority has been given to me. And now I'm delegating that authority to you. That's the church. So no longer are we governed by the systems of this world. No longer are we uh, suppressed by the works and the powers of the demonic forces of hell. But we have authority. It's called the authority of the believer. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2 says it like this. We are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. And if we're seated with Jesus, we don't have to act like we're under the thumb of the devil. But it all starts with the mind. Resist the devil, James 4 and 7. Resist the devil and he shall flee. But we can't resist the devil if we've got unforgiveness in our heart towards our brother or our sister. Can you say amen? Amen. Mind, heart, words. Think, speak. So we've got to steward and be cognizant of what it is that we're meditating on. Right? Come on. I don't watch a lot of TV, but every once in a while, like yesterday, I put the Yankee game on just for a little bit. I was really a little tired and I had to get my batteries recharged so I could write this message for you this morning. And as I was sitting home about two o'clock, something like that, I was watching the game. And there's a commercial that comes on and it's the pharmaceutical companies. And it tells you all the things that you have to have to be happy. Come on, you know how these go, whether it's Linesta, whatever, that little butterfly thing. And, you know, then it tells you a list of all the side effects of taking those pills. Okay, right. That's what happens. And this is what we're taking in. We're taking in. We're taking in. And whatever we take in, we're going to start speaking out. Out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth will truly speak. So, you know, it's telling me that I need this. So, uh, you know, my hair doesn't turn gray or fall out. Uh, It's telling me that I need that, you know, and I need this and I need this medicine to be able to sleep and I need this for my nerves and I need this for depression and this for anxiety. But if you believe the word, if you would just meditate upon the word, the Bible says that by his stripes, we were healed. I said we were healed. If I was healed, I don't need to take stuff to make me healed. I'm already healed. I'm just happening to wait to see the manifestation of that. And it starts right here and by speaking it. I've got to think upon the right things. Think on these things, whatever things are true, holy, pure, of a good report. Some of us are experts, world champion warriors. We're world champion warriors. We get an A plus in the worry category. And all we want to do instead of pray and open up the word and get the life that God has for us. He's hovering over us. He wants us to get our words in alignment with the word of God. So we start speaking to the void. What we do is we pick up the phone and we want to tell everybody. We want to spread it like cancer how bad things are. As if somehow that's going to make things better. It actually, can I help you today? This is very practical. The word is extremely practical. Actually, it doesn't make things better. It makes them much worse. And many times we call it prayer. And it's not prayer. It's gossip. I told him what you want me to tell him, Lord. (laughs) Amen. Can we just talk about this a minute? Come on now. What a friend we have in Jesus. (laughs) Oh, what peace we often forfeit, the old hymn writers wrote years ago. What a grasp, what a concept of understanding the word and how it works, the thoughts and the speaking. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Can you say amen? This week, mom had a terrible, terrible pain in her back. Dad said it earlier. And they prayed, and then he called me. He's like, I said, well, how's she doing? Because I, someone said to me, your mom wasn't doing well. I said, really? I pick up the phone. What's the matter? Well, she got some kind of, uh, what do you call them, spasm going on in her back. So we pray, and then I hook them up with a chiropractor. You know, it's not unspiritual. You know, it's okay. Sometimes things get out of alignment. You pray first, and then you do what you got to do. You know, if you're Italian, you'd say, do what you got to do. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy, (laughs) and uh, do what you got to do. And so they went. I didn't see them for a few hours. And I was over at the food distribution. I don't know, one day, Wednesday, I guess that was. Wednesday, right? Huh? And by the way, what beautiful food they keep getting here. It's unbelievable. What a blessing that is. And we have it today. We have a distribution today. So anybody needs food or, you know, anybody just take it. Even if you don't need it, please take it. Pass it out. That's what we do. We give it out to friends, neighbors. And uh, why? Because when they're eating that chicken leg or whatever, they're going to be thinking about this big old white church on the highway that's trying to do good works in their generation. Can you say praise God? If you need a scripture verse for that, that would be Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Amen? New Living says His masterpiece. So think about it. So mom said, so I was over there at the building, talking to the workers and all that stuff. I came back over, it's beautiful weather this week, just bright sunshine, fall-like weather. I come walking back over, dad and mom were just getting ready to pull out of, they were outside the parking lot, and I said, outside my office over here, and mom says, I got to tell you something. I said, how you doing? She said, you know, your father prayed for me, and that pain, that demonic pain in my back, watch this how it works. It lifted right off my body, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 She still went to the chiropractor, but she said, I almost right. I mean, I could have canceled the appointment practically because the pain was gone. See, that's how it works. If we believe the word. I said, if we believe the word, Amen. you've got to put some faith to your prayer and stay in the word. Stay in the word. If you don't hear anything else we say in this church, stay in the word of God. And Most of us are experts on what current events are. You know, we know who the new Supreme Court justice is and all that, and that's, that's all well and fine to be informed, but don't be governed by that stuff. Amen. We know what CNN is telling us. We know what Fox News is telling us. We know what ABC and Bad Morning America and CNN, you know what it stands for, CNN, right? Constant negative news. Amen. I was somewhere the other day, and, uh, actually I was getting a piece of glass fixed, and I went in a guy's shop, and I was watching, and I'm like, I would not want that blaring all day, eight hours a day. That negativity in my workplace. You know, would be to God, people would just shut it off and go back to the way they used to and pull out the word of God, dust it off. Come on now. Because whatever goes in here is going to come out of here. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever you feed on, is going to come out. Amen. Jesus says, it's the, it, listen, the word, the, you think words aren't powerful? Jesus said, it's the words that come out of a man's mouth that defile him. We, we, we can either bless or curse with the same tongue. This little small part of the human body is the hardest one to, to rein in and get a hold of. Joyce Meyer has a book called Me and My Big Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Matthew 12, 34, 35. Uh, that's where Jesus is saying, out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks. So everything you have comes from your inside, not your outside. Psalm 112. Let me give you a couple. One twelve three. Wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endureth forever. How many know, again, you can have whatever that you want, you desire. Amen. Praise God. Psalm 115 and 14. Don't turn there. Just write these down. The Lord shall increase you more and more and your children. You believe that? How many receive that promise right there? I do. I'm seeing it. My daughter-in-law just walked out, not because she was offended, but because the baby was squirming. When you have six little babies on the front row of a church, that's a good thing. My, I remember there was a time it was just me and my, my lovely wife, and we were just dating. I sent her a text message last night. She was babysits like all the time, and I said, "Do you remember the nights that we spent alone?" <laughs> Am I telling the truth? <laughs> I'm getting an eye over there. Should I stop right there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why to stop there? Okay. All right. See the mouth. Amen. <laughs> it's a good example, wasn't it, Hannah? And she sends back, no. (laughs) No, she sends me a little emoji of like a baby, a puppy, a baby, a a, a baby puppy bulldog that goes like this. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we do. We text each other. Right. So, I mean, think about this, folks. Think about it. Just think about it for a minute. How important it is to think right. Because it'll lead you to what you're going to speak. Out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Say that with me. Out of the abundance of the... One more time. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So are you speaking blessing or are you speaking curses? My Bible says, again, not my words, God's word says to me. And how many know this is all scripture? The Bible says 2 Timothy 3.16 is profitable for instruction, What we're doing today for correction. Sometimes we have to correct people, right? For reproof. All scripture, not parts of it, all of it. And I received that promise that this promise for your family is that you shall increase, not decrease. Amen. But I've got to speak that over my family. Otherwise, if I'm speaking a spirit that goes against this, God cannot. He's just going to keep hovering. He can't be activated in that area of my life. Make sense? The Bible says uh, in, the, in the next verse, uh, Psalm 115, 16, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he hath given to the children of men. Amen? We read it in, in Genesis. Have dominion over the earth. We're not a bunch of weenies somehow hoping God's going to get us out of this mess. You have the Spirit of God in you. Amen? So we've got to do something with that Spirit of God, right? We, in, in this setting and just one area... We build a great church for God and we advance the kingdom of God in our corner of the earth. And we try to pluck as many people off the highway to hell and put them on the straight and narrow on the highway to heaven. Can you say amen? Amen. It's our job. It's our mission. Amen. So the earth, the heavens are the Lord's. The earth belongs to the Son of Man. That's what the Bible says. Let me give you a couple more before we're done. 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now, we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit of which is God, that we might know that the things that are freely given to us are of God. Amen? As fast as Satan tries to put a th- so what do I do with it? Say, my gosh, I'm married to somebody and they have CNN on constantly. or They have some negative garbage on TV. It's like I I walk in my living room and my husband clicks on that television and it's like these little demons land on an airstrip right into my parlor. You ever been there? Yeah. Here's what you do. Take the remote control and shut it off. And if you can't take the remote control and shut it off, walk out of the room. And if it's still bugging you, listen, cast the thought down and make it bow to the obedience of Christ. Amen. That's what we do with those thoughts that try to latch onto us. Be like Teflon in your mind. Don't let it stick. Do you have any idea, folks, in a church this size, how many opportunities I've had to be offended, to be hurt, to mull around on something somebody said about me? Really? To, be, to play right into the plan of the devil for my life. How many know God has a plan, but Satan has a plan? And I really, I'm just being honest with you, I could have, I could have been led straight into the depression many times by the work of the devil, by the words of people. You know, what? I just figure people don't know any better. Right? Listen, if they would criticize Jesus, who are we? Amen? So what I've got to do, Yadira, Lewis, Eli, I've got to have the mind of Christ. And sometimes run this race like a horse with blinders on. And not be swayed into the left and to the right. And listen, what somebody says about you, what somebody says about me, what somebody says about this church and this ministry, talk is cheap anyway. Actions speak louder than words. Amen. You know, I told Jim Comenzo Saturday, and I'm not boasting. I'm just talking about the goodness of God and our generation. Like we give an average of between 30 and 50,000 pounds of food out every week here. What are you doing? Amen. Fish. So I don't know comparing. I'm just saying, don't let your mind get into all that garbage. Don't let it get into it. Ah, they're going over another church. Let me tell you something. If somebody goes to another church or somebody speaks ill of us, of me, of my wife, of our family, of my parents, of this ministry, let me just go ahead and help you here today. What they say has absolutely no bearing on the blessing of the Lord that is on my life and is on this house. Can you say amen? And so we don't sow into those things with our thoughts and worship our words. Does that help? And what people say about you and what they would do to harm you or criticize you or try to, like, pull the rug out from under you by their words. You know, the Bible says a lot about... Read read James chapter 2. It's all about the tongue. It's, you know, full of deadly poison. It's like a match could set on a forest on fire. It's like a rudder on a ship. It's a little tiny part, but it literally steers the whole ship. That's why it's so important. Listen, loved ones, that a man of God, those of you that feel called in the ministry, I feel like I just want to say this to speak to someone to help you today. It's so important what we speak over our congregations. Amen. And that's exactly what I'm teaching on speaking, thinking, good thoughts, speaking the right words. Right. Mom used to say when I was a kid, if you don't have anything nice to say. Anybody grew up in a home like that? Amen. Amen. Thank God. Right. Aren't you thankful for that? Yeah, Tyler, that's how we, we came up like this. My, my wife's the same way. My wife, goodness, folks, she could have been born in 1800s, be one of those Holy Ghost ladies with a high neck collar, hair in a bun, dress hits the floor. My kids start mouthing off. She just grabbed the good old ivory soap bar and just jam it in their mouth. You see all the bubbles coming out. You think that's child abuse. Let me tell you something. I'm not boasting. I'm just saying God's been good to us. My kids are all safe serving God, filled with the Holy Ghost. Their wives are safe serving God. And the next generation is going to reach people too. Why? Because we don't knuckle under and we don't set ourselves in alignment with the ways of the world. We set ourselves in alignment with the ways of God and His Word. Praise God. I'm almost done. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) I just want to give you one example of this in the in the Word today. (laughs) You okay out there? Uh, You know I love you, right? And I want to help you here today, you know. And you have a choice. Isn't that cool? From this, listen, from this day forward, you can say, God, I, by the blood of Jesus, I take it and seal the door of my mind that I'm not allowing any more hell in there. It's not going to steal another moment of my sleep life. It's not going to cause any more pain and destruction in my married life. But I want to set myself. Listen, God said it in Isaiah. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Obviously, we're. So that, what does that say? We're not thinking in the ways that we should be thinking. Amen. But we have that choice because of the free will to align ourselves and to let God think through us creatively about our future. You think you're... Listen, if people that don't even know Jesus could make... And I'm not, I'm not judging Walt Disney, the late Walt Disney, but look what he did with the imagination that he had. Amen. What could we do with the kingdom of God? When I get to heaven, can I can we just talk just for a moment? I'm almost When I get to heaven, I, I don't want to stand before God and God said, Boy, you had a you had a bean for a brain. <laughs> you didn't do nothing with what I left entrusted you with. You, you could, you know, I don't want to get to heaven if I want I want to get to heaven and say, boy. Man, you thought way ahead. Amen. Outside the box. Amen. Amen. You got to think outside the bun sometimes, right? Outside the box. Listen, Bishop Rick Thomas, he, he, he shared this. He said, and, and, and this works in every area of your life. Every, look at your neighbor say, every area of my life, I'm responsible for my mind. And the words I speak over it. Bishop Thomas said, when he was a kid, he said, I came home, Jimmy, I don't know, third, fourth grade. He said, my mom was crying at the, at the kitchen table. And he said, it hurt me. And I said, Mom, what's the matter? And she, and she ran in the back room. She said... You just wait there. 15, 20 minutes went by. She got herself together, dried up the tears, whatever, and she came back and with a notebook under her hand. This is a true story. And she sat in, in, and he said, Mom, what's the matter? She said, we're losing our house. We're getting thrown out on the street. And she opened up a notebook and started doodling. Like, and he said, it started, he said, when it sank in, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking as a kid, how embarrassing. I'm gonna not be able to go to the same school I went to. My parents, the bank's taking the house back. What, I don't know all the details, but this is what he, I just heard him say this. He said, and my mom shared that, she was crying, and now 15 minutes later, she's sitting there whistling and doodling. And it started getting on my last nerve. <laughs> Has your family ever got on your last nerve before? <laughs> And he said, I'm sitting there trying not to say anything. And he said, all of a sudden I blow up. I said, mom, what are you doing? She said, you really want to know? And he said, yeah. You know, I mean, those Pentecostal people were crazy back then. She said, yeah, she, she, he said, I, I really want to know. You said we're losing our house. Now you're whistling and you're doodling over there. I mean, bless God, mom. I'm like, well, i to be on the street. I'm gonna look like a fool in front of my peers. She said, well, this is what I'm doing, honey. And she turned a little notebook page and said, I'm drawing a picture of our brand new house. <laughs> How's your thought life? We have the mind of Christ. We have. It's up to us to utilize it. Or we can just think with a carnal nature and, and wind up in depression or a saint asylum somewhere. Okay. And he said... You're doodling a picture of a new house. We're getting thrown out on the street because you can't pay for this one. And she just kept whistling, drawing it out. He said, years went by. Watch this. Years went by, bunch of seasons of life. He said, one day, I'll never forget. I came home from school, like senior high. He said, we're moving. There's a moving truck out in front of the house in South Florida. Where are we going? He said, she said, we're moving. <sighs> Some of you ahead of me. He so said, we moved into this beautiful home. It was like something out of, a, out of a storybook. It was one of the nicest homes I've ever seen in my life. And he said, we walked in there, and my father said, praise the Lord. That's what I used to talk back then, praise the Lord. His father was a preacher. And he said, my mom said, ah, 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 She opened up her little pocketbook, unfolded this little lined, you know, notebook page and said, remember this picture? What are you picturing? He said, I remember when I was a kid, same season of life. When I was a kid, we were losing our house. My, I saw my father's car get repossessed. And I was embarrassed. All the neighbors out there rubber knocking, you know, pick up the car with a wrecker. Now they put a big yellow lock on the wheel. We were actually in New York City one time, John, Becky, and I, and we saw a car try to drive off of one of those blocks. Boy, what an ugly sight that is. How I many of you ain't going too far, okay? They're going to catch you, you know? Just keep walking like you don't even know whose it is. I mean, just, you know, hey, too bad for somebody, you know. But the guy, he said the car was repossessed. I'm telling you the truth. When they latched on to the word of God, how powerful God's word is. Come on, somebody. And if you set yourself in alignment, start to speak to the void in your life. He said, my father got a call one day from a car dealer. He said, Pastor. Thomas, please come down here. I want you I want to... He come down. And he said, what do you need? He said, threw him the keys. He said, there's your brand new car out there. You know, it was a brand new Cadillac. Somebody bought it for him. Somebody paid for that. You know why? Because God heard his prayer and he heard his word because he set himself... Because my Bible says, Psalm 103, he fills our life with good things. You see, some of us sometimes, we're so busy blaming the devil for things that you actually brought in your own life. Listen, I'm almost done. You brought it upon your own self and you're mad at God. So now you're not going to go to church or mad at the preacher. You ought to be looking in the mirror and saying, geez, what was I thinking about? What was I thinking? What was I speaking? Amen. Amen. And here's the last point, And I'm done. The worship team can come back. Put it up on the screen. Boom. Receive it by faith and see it manifest in your Life. Amen? One quick biblical example. <clears throat> David, this is first. Don't, you don't have to turn there. David's 17 years old. This, you can find this in First Samuel 17, 46. David's 17 years old. And the Israelites are losing the battle against the Philistines. And they had this massive guy named Goliath. He's a giant. And David is... You know, he's the kid, so he's not in the battle. He's, his brothers are fighting the battle, but they're losing. They're not doing too good of a job. They're getting their tail kicked. And David comes out with bread and cheese. as just what it says in 1 Samuel. And he comes to bring them nourishment because they're weary from battle. And have you ever been weary from being in the same battle? And he comes out and he brings them this bread and cheese. And he hears this ridiculous nine-foot giant who would scare anybody just to look at him because he's so big like an elephant out there. And David says, hey, what's going on out there? Little kid out of the mouths of babes, right? And they said, quiet. Go away, kid. He said, what is he doing out there? And Goliath is out there mocking God. And he says, how dare he defy the armies of the living God? Come on, you know the story. Amen. And David comes out as a little kid, steps out of the shadows where everybody else was hiding and he puts himself in open sunlight and he points at Goliath and he says, not only am I going to kill you, I'm going to take your head off and I'm going to feed your rotten carcass to the buzzards. you understand me? Let me tell you what David was doing right there just what I'm preaching this morning, 2,000 and some years later. He saw in his mind, not as it was, but as it could be, And then he started to declare it with his mouth. This is in your Bible. What do you need to flip a switch and start to see things differently? and, And start to watch this, start to speak over. Because when you do that, I promise you, it's just a matter of time before you'll see the manifestation of the glory of God in your life. If you believe that, why don't you stand to your feet and give God a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Psalmist said it like this, Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart. He said, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. The world is waiting to see someone that God can use in these last days. Do you believe it this morning? God said, listen, he, his plans, his ways are not our ways yet. His thoughts are not our thoughts yet. Why? Because we're not thinking like he wants us to. Maybe we're not acting or living like he wants us to. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. Come on, someone. Plans to bring hope and a future. God wants to prosper us, wants to bless us in every way. That doesn't just mean finances. That means in every area, listen, every void in our life. Amen? So God has chosen us for a time such as this. One of the practices that I do regularly, and I learned this from a great man of God, Elaine, is I come in here on a Saturday morning when there's nobody around, and I speak to this place. That's literally what I've done for many, many years, and I did in the old place. I lift my hands like a Levitical priest, and I speak blessing. You see, I believe the devil's stolen the art of the spoken blessing from the American church. You know, we say, God bless you. And I, I get that. That's nice. Somebody sneezes, you know. God bless you. Hope you don't have Corona. You know, it's like, you know, no, 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 God bless It's nice. I get it. You know, but how about I bless you? You say, you don't know what they've done to me. I, I don't. I'm sorry. But do you know the word says bless those who curse you? Yes. Wow. Well, that's hard, ain't it? Pray for those who despitefully use you. Don't beguile railings for railings, all that, right? So when I bless, I not only bless this place like this. I'll stand right here. But watch this. I bless the valley that God has strategically put this church on top of on this beautiful, pretty hill here. It's beautiful, isn't it? When you think about it, when Jim Comenzo yesterday, he pulled it, He said, I want to go over by the cross. He's been in churches all over the world. National guy. He said, my God, what a, what a view of your mission field here. So we speak just like Ezekiel did to this valley of dry bones. And we say, come alive. Come alive. And we'll use, listen, I'm done. We'll use whatever it takes to reach him for God. It's so simple, right? Heaven's gates, men's ministry, men's breakfast, women's br- whatever it is. And when we do that, it causes us to come alive because we're reminded constantly of the harvest and not about our own selves and our own stuff that the enemy's trying to make us think about. We cast down those imaginations and we surrender to the will of God. So right now, just go ahead and lift your hands on me today. Say, Father, today, I seal the door by the blood of Jesus that has been opened in my mind of the thoughts that are not of you, Lord. And today, help me to think your thoughts and to speak your word to the void in my life. In the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. Amen. I never like to close a service without giving you an invitation to receive Christ. So I'm just going to ask you to bow your head. If you're here today and you need Christ, you're here today and you need to be forgiven. You're doing things Jesus would never do. You're saying things he would never say. Listen, this church is for you. I've said it probably 10,000 times in my life. This pastor is for you. We're, We're not perfect, but we're trying to help you. We're trying to help you to get from where you're at to where God wants you to be. And only you can make that decision. You can't hide from God. You cannot hide from God. There was a beautiful family here last night. Six, am I saying that right? Six children that lost their, their, their mom. And, uh, and the aunt has taken all these kids in. they had a benefit next door. A lot of things that people aren't aware of are going on here. Good things. And, you know, I, and I, and listen, you know, people are watching this house. Did you know that? How many old you know people are watching this church? Amen. And the man, I can't remember his name, but you introduced me, Bonnie, to him. Kevin. Is that your husband, sis? One of the daughters, your mom. When we pray for your family. She lost her mom. But Kevin came in and he said, I watched this church on TV. And he said, I was, he kept saying, I'm standing right there where you preach. And I've seen your, your father and your sons and other ones preach right there. And he said, it was just so neat. And Nathan, he said, I'd like to run a camera one day. Nathan says, I'll, I'll teach you how to do it. How many know people are watching this? Amen. So in light of that, but more importantly, in light of what God wants us to do as a congregation, we give altar calls here. And we never, I never, we'll never make an apology for publicly calling people Amen. to repentance. Amen. And it's not out of guilt. It's, listen, it's not out of religion. It's not out of shame. It's because we love you and God loves you and He doesn't want you to, He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. He doesn't want you to remain struggling and in strife and in depression and anxiety and all that stuff. So I ask you one last time bow your head, close your eyes. If you need Jesus today, He's here, He's in this place. He wants to heal your broken heart, sis. He wants to mend your wounds. He wants to come and minister to you. His Spirit's hovering over you, but He wants you to be able to think the things that He's laid out in front of you and begin to speak to those voids in your life. If you're here this morning and you say, I need Christ, I'm not born again. I'm I'm not living my life for God. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm just going to simply ask you, go ahead and put up your hand. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you today. Anybody at all. God bless you in the balcony. God bless you. God bless you. Others today. I need Christ. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just asking you to raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. God bless you, sis. I need the Lord. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young person. People responding to Jesus today. I want everybody to just pray this prayer out loud with me before we close. Father, today I humble myself and I ask you, forgive me of my sins wash me, cleanse me in your precious blood. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that God the Father raised his son Jesus Christ from the grave and because you live I too have eternal life. I am saved. Help me to tell others. Help me to bring others to your love your mercy and your salvation, in Jesus' name. All God's people said, "Amen." God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Amen. Don't forget to take tickets and invite people. I bless y'all. Better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Wow, what a powerful message. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home and we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God and you can let us know how these broadcasts have helped you. We will see you next time. And one more thing, we love you, God loves you and may God's richest blessing be yours.